Ladies and gentlemen, that's Lou Ross. Lou Ross is deceased. He's no longer with us. He left a whole bunch of nice songs behind. And I have an interview here that I would like for you to listen to. And the name of that song was, You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine. So let's listen to the interview, and I hope you like it. Okay. Well, I met Sam Cooke when we were both about all around not quite teenagers. We hadn't made it to teenagers yet. We thought we were bad, but I was singing in junior choir, and he was singing in his daddy's church. Not much, you know, but then we formed a little, we formed a little quartet, see, because we used to go to the Regal Theater and see the live stage shows. And naturally, after we'd see the show, we saw, like, the drifters and the moon glows and the five satins, you know, the groups that were popping that day. And then we would go back and sit on the corner and do wop like they did, you know, not realizing that we were going to eventually become professional singers. But then Sam, uh, they had this group, this group was called Highway QCs. I don't know why they call them that, but that's what they called them. And of course, Sam was the person. I mean, he had that voice that mesmerized people. Every Friday night, all the quartets in the city would meet up there, and they would have like what they call like a, you know, battle, you know, quartet battle. There wasn't no battle, but, you know, that was the thing. Who was the best, you know? You had the groups from the west side that would come over, and then the groups from the south side. Well, now the groups from the south side, that's where the soul stirs live, so they were 
like the number ones. Then you had the Norfolk singers, you know, and we would meet up there at 3838 State Street, which was a little storefront church. Really, that's all it was. But it was where everybody would come because they knew they would get to hear all the quartets in the city, the North Lee Brothers and the Norfolks and the Midwest Wonders of, of Bob Staples. He sang with the Midwest Wonders, you know, and that was cool because at the time, we were still kids, so we didn't really make any distinctions. You know, just who dressed, who looked the best. That was it. You know, you we all would go to the west side and buy our suits. And if it rained on them, we were in big trouble. Did the QC stand out particularly among the groups in, in Chicago? And what about, yes. what about radio and WIMB? Well, yes, because, see, on Sunday morning, you go there and you pay, uh, what was his name, Jack? Oh, I can't remember his name, but he had the radio at the gospel show on Sunday morning. And what we would do is we'd all get our little money together, put our money together, because we had to pay him. We had to pay to get on there, you know. That's how he paid for the time on the radio. And everybody would, you know, dip up their little three or four or five dollars, you know, and, and go up there. And, of course, uh, Sam, well, he, Sam didn't have to pay. But, see, the thing that made them so popular was because Emil Hitson had a brand-new car, you know. He had a Cadillac then, you know, and, I mean, and they pull on a Cadillac. Whoa, who is that? That's the QCs, man, you know. Big time. Everybody else was pulling up in T Model 4, nothing on our T Model 4, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cars look like it was going to fall apart, you know, and they did. But, <laughs> but that was the thing. See, that's, and because of that, they got to travel more naturally. You know, they could go like to Milwaukee, Detroit, St. Louis, Cleveland, and like that. Okay, <clears throat> that's nice to know. He he worked with and was friends with Sam Cooke. All right, now what I want to do now is uh, ask Google. I call it Google Gaga. I want to ask Google Gaga, uh, how did Sam, not Sam, uh, Lou Rawls die? Yes, how did Lou Rawls die? Here's a summary from Voice of America. Lou Rawls dies of cancer. Lou Rawls died of lung and brain cancer January 6th at a hospital in Los Angeles, California. Renowned rhythm and blues vocalist Lou Rawls died of lung and brain cancer January the 6th at a hospital in Los Angeles, California. He was 72 years old. Hmm. And I do believe it was October the 31st of 2009. Okay, now we can go back to the interview now. Let's see. Okay. First time I went on the road was with him. First time I came to California. I helped him drive out here. We stopped in, uh, let's see, we stopped in St. Louis. We stopped in Kansas City. And then we stopped in Vegas, man. But we didn't get no further than the west side, you know, because <laughs> that's where the church was. <laughs> and we stayed with some people because they didn't have hotels and things, you know. They had a hotel. Yeah, they did. They had the Moulin Rouge Hotel Motel. But we didn't stay there. Because it was full, 
so the minister let us stay at some of the folks' houses, which was cool. And then we came on to California, and they were having the National Quartet Convention, and Sam slayed them, boy, he killed them, man, you know. And uh, that's and then he, that's when he met Bumps Blackwell, because Bumps was at Specialty Records, where the Soul Stirs were recording, that he had patterned himself after Reba Harris. So naturally, Crane and, you know, Soul Stir, they said, this is, this is the boy. So they got him. But so you thought he was ready when he joined, when he joined the service? Yeah, he was ready for gospel, yes. He was ready for gospel because he had, I mean, you know, like I said, we, we didn't, uh, we had no idea about going <coughs> to the secular world, you know, because we were all in, we were going to church. You went to church every Sunday or else, and you didn't want to know what else was. So you went to church. Well, my reaction, like all the other people, you know, that, that knew him and grew up with him and had been around him, was, are they going to accept it? You know, are they going to accept the gospel singer turned pop, you know? Of course, they called him a rhythm and blues singer. I mean, you sent me, I'm still trying to figure out how they could figure out you sent me with rhythm and blues, but the reason he did that because he was black. He was a model for everybody. He was a model for everybody, because you remember right after he did, well, not right after, but it wasn't long after that Aretha came out. It wasn't long after that the Staple family came out. And there were numerous others, you know, that came along at the same time that had been gospel-oriented, gospel-trained, because that's the best school in the world. If you want to be in the music, you know, if you want to be a singer, go to church, because you learn a lot. You learn tonality, you know. You know when you're off key and all that stuff because you're singing it within a group. So you got to find your place in there. Once you do that, you find your place within instrumentation when you're playing with music. If you're brought up in a religious world, you know, uh, if you are sincere, you never really get away from it. Not that you have to be the diehard, be there. I got to go every, you know, I got to be there every time the door open. No. As long as you got the spirit within you, and Sam did, he had that. That's why I think he was uh, as successful as he was because he never left his roots. All right. All right, that's a good place to stop it. What I'm going to do, I, uh, that he talking about Sam. I want something, I want something to tell me about Lou himself, Mr. Lou Lou Ross. Oh. <laughs> It's a song on my mind right now, but from with Lou Ross in it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You ready too? Okay. Let's see how this one is. Okay. I just heard that one. Mm.
Okay, let's try this one out. It ain't the one I had on my... It's not the one that I had... It's not the one that I had on my, uh, on, on my mind to, um, to play. The one that I wanted to hear was, uh, you, uh, let's see. We just got through listening to You'll Never Find, didn't we? I think so. Okay, well, this is, this is another one. Yeah. Time to ask yourself. Pardon me, do you have change for a quarter? I gotta make a phone call. Thank you. Oh, I hope this woman don't take me through no changes today, because I've had a hard day today, man. You know, I'm see what's happening at the address before I go home. How you doing? changes and the mess up your mind I just called to say that I'm on my way oh and I'll see you when I get there I hope you're in the good mood you know a man's home is his castle and I'm They got a huge break in this song, but I love it. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let it finish playing, but I got to find something on my on, on Mr. Lou Rawls, cause you know uh, he had a very distinctive voice. Um, I can't help but to think that uh, what's that? What's that trumpet player's name? Moved over for Lou Rawls. 
So he get a style like him. Let's see. Let's see what he got here. Let's see what he gonna be saying. Let's see what he gonna say. It's Dennis Daly. One of the most fun interviews I ever conducted was with the great singer Lou Rawls. Not only did he have this deep, luscious voice that was on the other end of the spectrum from my squeaky tenor voice, he turned out to be a funny, interesting guy. This is an unedited interview, just Lou and I sitting down, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Lou, thanks for taking the time to join us. I want to talk about uh, the special coming up and your involvement with the United Negro College Fund. Yes. How long have you been associated with that group? And, and for those of us, and I just realized, I'm not sure how old it is. It goes mm. back quite a way. Well, actually, it's, uh, I think it's celebrating about 50 years. I didn't get involved with it, though, until about, well, this is our 18th year of my telethon that I started to raise funds to help, you know, subsidize these colleges and also supply uh, uh, scholarships for deserving students. But I believe the UNCF itself actually started back in the 40s. Mm -hmm. And um, I got involved with them, as I said, well, this now is 18 years ago when I I uh, signed with Anheuser with Budweiser as a spokesman for them for voiceovers on radio. And I had recorded a song you'll never find another love like mine at the same time so what happened was they started they would play the song and then they would run the commercial then sure. they run the commercial and play the song so it got to be a pretty you know and uh what guys say door opening thing and uh i was talking with august bush the third chairman of the board who had just who had just taken over the company from his dad and he was aware of my community involvement the work that i've been doing as far as schools and stuff like that so he asked me, he said, is there anything we can get behind you on? And I said, well, yeah, I've been doing all these telethons for fundraisers for research, you know, the Jerry Lewis, the Hart Fund, the Arthritis Fund. So we're doing cell. everyone else's telethons. You know, I said, and everybody was... All right, let's get off that. World's Fair in Brussels. Now, yes. this would have been 58, maybe. Probably, yeah. And, and the audience was just hot. I yes. mean, they, they wouldn't let the man stop playing. That's right. Lionel Hampton still goes over there. I don't know none of these does. people they talking about. I don't know who Lionel Hampton is. Let's find. I want to know something about him personally. Let's see if they're going to get into it. American Black, mm, they might say something on this. Here's, here's a 1998 American Black Journal conversation with singer Lou Rawls about the musical influences in his life. Singing didn't just happen, even though you were doing it in the church. You were growing up in Chicago, you were going to the uh, the Regency Theater there, you were seeing some yeah, of the, the great... Yeah, the Regal, I'm sorry, the Regal right. Theater, mm -hmm. and seeing some of the great acts there, right. uh, the Ecksteins and the Joe Williamses yeah. and folks like that. Oh, yeah. Who were some of your earliest dynamic musical influences? Eckstein, <clears throat> Joe Williams, Al Hibbler. A lot of people don't remember Al Hibbler. Al Hibbler, Arthur Prysock, because they all had the rich baritone voices. Well, I was, you know, baritone. I always had a deep voice, so naturally I would relate to them. And of course, next time we just have to be Carla. 
Let me ask another way. Let me let me, let me look it up another way, because I'm not getting what I want. Let's see, Lou Rawls. Instead of punching in that, let me punch in something else. Let's see what that do. Lou Ross Jr. and Christopher Warden. War something. I didn't know Lou Ross had any kids. Talk about Lou Ross bio. Famous grave tour. Singer Lou Ross grave. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy invites Lou Ross to the, into the house. Lou Ross concert. <clears throat> well, oh yeah, I got I got to pay tribute to him, but not right now. I got to pay tribute to uh. Yeah, let's see what's going on with this. This might have some on it. Let's see. This very well might have something. Let's check it out and see. I doubt it. Christmas music out. I'm going to have to look you up. I am going to ask, have to ask Google Gaga about you. I'm going to have to ask Google Gaga again. Let me see what she say. Tell me something about Lou Rawls. Uh, where was he born? Uh, how did he get started? Stuff like that. According to notable biographies, born in Chicago in 1933, Rawls was raised by his paternal grandmother on the city's south side. He began his singing career as a child in the choir of his grandmother's church. Rawls' singing soon attracted attention in the Chicago area. 
Okay, thank you. Born in Chicago in 1933, Rawls was raised by his paternal grandmother, that's right, on the city south side, on the city's south side. He began his singing career as a child in the choir of his grandmother's church. I can just see him singing that. Oh, this little acorn head. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Raw singing soon attracted attention in the Chicago area. He was friends with future soul singing star Sam Cooke. That's right. From childhood. All right. All right. Rest in peace, Lou. The album contained Love is a Hurting Thing. His first R&B number one single in 1967. He won a Grammy Award for Best R&B Vocal Performance. Hmm. Love is a hurting thing. All right, we can move on now. Unless y'all want to hit down. Don't forget to put something uh, uh, with Lou Ross on your playlist. Because he's on mine for definite. And I'm going to add some more too. <laughs> 